We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate. Welcome back. I'm your host, Tamara Gady. I am the director of Collin County Sales for Lawyers Title. I'm really excited about our podcast today, but first, if you like my content, you're really going to love my escrow team. Give me an opportunity to earn your business. You can reach out to me on any of my social media platforms, and let's get a conversation started about a partnership together. Today's guests are a couple of our amazing escrow officers, and the market has shifted. We've all seen it happen, and now things are starting to slow down contracts and how people have written contracts and what they're doing contract to close has also changed. So I wanted to bring a couple of our experts in to share some of the things that they've noticed in the market contract to close since the market has shifted. Today I have with me Janet Sedrith. She is actually a, a senior VP in our company. She's the branch manager of the lawyer's title Preston Plano office and she is an escrow officer along with Shannon Sedrith who is an escrow officer in the lawyer's title Preston Plano office. So I have started to partner with them um, and I wanted to introduce them to everyone today because they are full of expertise and knowledge and they're going to be able to share a lot of really good golden nuggets for, for the audience today. So thank you ladies so much for joining me on the show. I'm really appreciative that you're here and we're going to have a really good conversation. Thank, thank you. For, yeah, thank absolutely. So let's get, I like to dive right into it. Let's get started with me. Okay. Now I wanted to back up just a little bit because we do have some younger uh, less seasoned agents that do watch the podcast. So I thought, and I've never done this on, when I've had other escrow officers on the show before, but I wanted to explain the contract to close process, right? So two agents, buyer agent, listing agent, decide on a, to execute a contract on a property. They get everybody to sign. They send it into the title company. Shannon, will you share with us just kind of briefly overview the contract to close process? Absolutely. So you're going to execute that contract. You are going to send that contract over to us. Um, we're going to review that contract. We're going to open title on that contract. We are going to um, send out our in here, which is a great portal for sending earnest and option money over to us very securely. We are then going to um, order HOA. If there is an HOA, we usually try to order those the same day that we get the contract because those usually have a specific timeline. Um, we then look at everything that comes back on title. We ask for any additional information. You're also going to get critical dates, a welcome letter, and the critical dates are really important and I find that agents really love those because it kind of gives everyone up front a timeline of what we're asking for and when we need it, such as surveys, earnest and option money, those specific things when the HOA docs are due. Um, so it gives everybody a really great upfront view of what we're asking for and why and when they're due. Uh, once we get title in, you're going to get the title commitment sent out um, to everyone so everyone knows what is on that title commitment. If we need any other information, if something came back on title that we need clarification on or any other documentation, we're going to ask for that. Um, and then after that, it's um, waiting on the lender to send us docs and then you're at the closing table. So let's back up a second because we, you talked about in here and that's proprietary software to Fidelity National Financial. We're owned by Fidelity National mm -hmm. Financial. So can you explain that what is in here? 
so that they understand a little bit more about sure. that. So in here is a secure portal that our company uses um, for a couple different reasons. Um, on that contract, it is really important that we have buyer and seller's cell phone numbers and emails because that is how that information gets sent to them um, securely is through those forms of communication. Um, so if those are not on the contract, we will reach out and ask for that. But once we send that out, it allows you to send us earnest and option money securely. It also gives you the opportunity to fill out um, seller forms and buyer forms, which give us really important information that we need, uh, such as organ payoffs, if you know your loan info, all that kind of information is sent back to us securely through that portal. So, and I've, I've been a buyer several times, so I've used the, mm -hmm. the in here software on, for delivering earnest and option. I love it. Um, there are several different ways that people can still deliver earnest oh, and option, absolutely. right? So you want yes. to tell them what those are really sure. quickly? Sure. You can drop a cashier's check off at our office. We, you can wire us money and you can drop a personal check off to us as well, um, as well as using the start in here. So there's... So just so you know, a lot of people hear the word Zocam or other, you know, ways that you can right. deposit, you know, it's just kind of like depositing a check electronically at your bank, right? You get on the app, you you write your check, you take a picture of it, you upload it. Same thing. Um, when you go into login, it's a secure link that the buyer is going to log into. It'll ask them a few questions. So security number, date of birth, verification of identity, right? It's to make very, sure, very yes, it's very, very secure. Very secure. But it's really easy to use and navigate through. Oh, it's very user-friendly. And so you just take a picture of your check, just like you do, and you can combine earnest mm -hmm. option into one check. Yes. You take a picture of it, and it immediately uploads to our title company. And so we all really uh, prefer it in one check. Yes. And one check is easier. Yes. yes. And so, I mean, look, you can do a wire, but you're going to incur a wiring fee. And to me... I guess some people don't have checks as much as they used to anymore. Right. But I have heard that lately, especially a lot of the younger buyers. Well, they don't even know what a check is. <laughs> they so. don't. <laughs> my, son, my son yeah, has no idea what it is. Yeah, yeah. They don't know how to write one either. Yeah. yeah. So we got to start there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but I find I find it the easiest way. Even yeah. even though I and I work for lawyers title, <laughs> I could just deliver a check to my office. But I like doing the in here. It oh. is really easy. You don't have to leave your house. Yeah, you don't have to go anywhere. And I think in this day and age, having really secure options for things to yes. me, I'm Marine Dad, so we're all about security at my house. <laughs> so, well, and that's why we don't send it to the agency. Yeah. Oh, and that's one thing that we were going to talk about. So it is important to note. We do not send wiring instructions to anyone but the buyer or and the, the sellers, seller. or if there is a third party sending gift funds, we okay. will uh, send them to them, but we never, ever send them to agents. Tell us why. So the reason why we don't send them to agents is really agents shouldn't be put in that position and be liable for that. So it's really easy once, you know, those wiring instructions go out, um, you know, hackers are a real thing and emails are hijacked every day and, it, you know, you just don't want that liability. So we never send them to agents. The buyers yep. need to be responsible for sending their earnest and option money in. Um, you know, they are the ones that are buying the house um, and that 
should just fall on the buyers and the sellers. They're really the more people that are in the pot, the and more that's room where I see problems happen, right? Too many chiefs and not enough happen. Indians, right? Yes. <laughs> more yeah. things are, you know, liable to happen and emails get hacked and uh, wiring instructions change and then people end up wiring to bogus accounts and, and you look, absolutely we've heard do about not want that. And losing their earnest money. Yeah, it's a and real it's really, thing. Really and it's hard very to get sad that back. and it's very scary and most of the time you're not gonna get it back. Right. You are not and it is so very let the hard. title company do their job, okay, and make sure that you're picking a title company like lawyers title that you can trust. So that when we do send things directly to your clients, you feel good about it, right? And you don't feel like that you need to get in the middle of the process because you're with a reputable title right. company and you're with people that you can trust. So thank you for that explanation. I think that, I think sometimes, you know, the contract to close process, it's just, we do classes on it and stuff, but we don't sit down and really explain right. the contract comes in. Now you have X amount of time to get earnest and option. And mm -hmm. we'll talk about some of those timelines because I have a different question later for Janet, but um, you know, making sure that we understand timelines, making sure that we are adhering to the critical dates timeline. We've got the welcome letter going out so everybody knows who's supposed to contact who mm -hmm. during the transaction. Those things are really important and they're really important to agents. So the fact that we give that service to people is, is I know very appreciated by our clients. So, you know, uh, so we had our big economic forecast event yesterday, Shane, and I saw you there. So thank you for coming. And it, I, I, I don't feel like I got a ton of surprises about what they're predicting to happen because, you know, I'm, I get to, I, I get to spend time with very educated professionals <laughs> all the time, people smarter than me. And so, um, and I make sure I'm not the smartest person in the room ever because then I'm in the wrong room. Right. <laughs> and so we, we, we are seeing the shift in the market. And one of the things that we have seen change is what agents are putting in the blanks in the contract mm -hmm. now. And before they had to be so strategic and wield every blank to their um, best ability to win the offer because we had so many multiple offers and all the things. But we've seen a shift now. So, Janet, Shannon, uh, let's start with you, Janet. Um, I wanted to, you to talk about just as from your vantage point as an escrow officer, what are some of the changes that you've seen since the shift has happened in the contract or contract to close process? Um, what are some of the notables? And we can stay at a high level here, but do you want to share with us some of the things that you've seen become different in the contract or what agents are doing? Recently? Yes. Um, I'm seeing a lot more where the, the uh, sellers are paying title policy again. It's becoming more negotiable. There's more houses on the market, so the the uh, pendulum has swung some. So I think that that's one of the things uh, you were seeing a lot of. There were no option periods. Mm -hmm. You um, know, and I could not. I did not think that was a good idea. I never have. You need an option period. You need to do your due diligence on a house before you buy it. So, Correct. and these people, you know, the people that were putting in no option time frame at all. I, I, I thought that was a buyer beware, and but think, so if they're I, coming back, that's good. Yeah. And I think part of that was, is because they think, 
are they're thinking that if there's a homeowners association, they can still get out of that in the three day if they've checked the, the boxes correctly on the addendum. But you also have the financing addendums. You know, there's two parts to that, the ones that the agents put in, but you also have to have the appraisal and all of that. So there's still an out for the buyer to get out there. So I think a lot of that has changed in the respect that it's going more, it's swinging more back toward, you know, the sellers. They're just not, I don't see $100,000 over list price. I'm not seeing $50,000 over list price. They're coming in at list price most of the time now. So that's a big change. Um, I think it's harder for the sellers to realize that. So I think the agents have a very tough job, especially in as much as the market has changed in the last year, for them having to explain that to the, especially to the sellers. Well, it's not your market right now, so you're not getting everything that you were getting three weeks ago or a month ago or three days ago. Because we all know that this can change on a dime. I mean, one day you go to bed and the next day you wake up and the market has changed and the buyers are going, no, we're not doing that anymore. Well, and we had such a sharp shift, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, it literally was, I mean, we saw this, we saw the shift, what was it? Third quarter, 2018, market was cooking along. And then all of a sudden it turned, I think it was maybe third quarter, 2018, it shifted into yes. a buyer, into a buyer's market. And it took a while for the consumer to catch up, right? So realtor education to their clients is a big deal right now. Especially because I think more so now than back then or any other shift, it's it happened so sharply. Yes. And so I think that they have they definitely have a bigger job on their hands right now. And we, you know, the, the things that I'm hearing is that we're still going to be volatile for a while. It's flattening. Mm -hmm. It's it's turning into post-COVID, right? right? COVID's over and the greed is gone and yeah. we're just mm -hmm. going to get back to more of a traditional market. So I don't know that anybody needs to be scared about it, but I think that they have a big job educating their buyers and sellers right now on exactly how the contract's going to go because... I mean, consumer confidence is down with buyers. Interest rates have gone up. Mm -hmm. They're 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 not wanting to hit the market right now. We've seen buyers pull, potential buyers pull back. Now we've got sellers who think that they can still sell their house for a hundred thousand right. dollars over, and when they just like, well, actually, we need to do a price reduction. <laughs> so you know, we're going to see those contracts come and 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 actually kind of normalize again. So I love that you said that we're starting to see the seller pay title policy again. Mm -hmm. And the buyer is and the buyer's agent is actually winning the, the where the title policy yes. is going to go. Right. So that's exciting. And I know it's a big relief for some of the buyer's agents. You mentioned that you'd seen some reduced earnings money and option fees and contracts, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not seeing yeah, you're not, $500 option fees anymore. Right. No. They're really back to where, you know, they should be, you know, hundred dollars, hundred, two hundred dollars. Okay. You know, we're not seeing thousand, two thousand dollars in option fees, you know, come through. Yeah. I had to write $500 option fee one time for a house and I actually had to terminate the contract and I was like, <coughs> yeah, we saw some that really, stung a little bit. I know it did. Didn't? Yeah, it does. I know you're like, whoa, you're like, stung a little bit. Yeah. yeah, there were some really steep option fees that were coming through for a while. In earnest money. So we've seen that, nor that the price of that back down, dropping to, back down. Okay. Yeah. And then what you kind of tapped into that I want to kind of explain a little bit th more thoroughly 
that we've seen, we're seeing terminations come back into play with buyers again. We had terminations during COVID. I mean, right. I saw a record mm-hmm. number of terminations start October 2020 is when they started for uh, for for what I was seeing in my business. And so I I I hope we're not going to have more. <laughs> I think you know there if going back to COVID because people couldn't get into the homes really and everybody was kind of you know very leery of the COVID um I've seen I've seen a lot of that change to that respect that people are um they're not we're not canceling as much now I've seen an uptick in that um, because I think there's more houses on the market. You know, there for a while, we could have 10, 15 uh, contracts cancel uh, in, in the middle of COVID. But now you may see one or two, but you're certainly not seeing the the amount. The bulk. Of, yeah. yeah. No. So you mentioned that appraisal waivers, you're not seeing as many appraisal waivers anymore. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. We're not. I mean, it's very rarely... That you're seeing that, or I'm seeing that on my contracts with my agents. Boy, I did an appraisal waiver on the Sherman property. That sucker appraised for the price, the exact dollar amount I paid for it. And I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> when God. it, yeah, because <laughs> when it doesn't, yeah. oh, that, yeah, yeah and I, that paid, gets I had to go into multiple offers for that one, so I was sweating it a little bit. I was oh, like, thank absolutely. Jesus, I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yes. So, third party financing addendums, you're seeing people leverage those to get out of contracts right now. I think they have, but yes, I think that's another, the HOA, because if you're marking, you know, the first and the second box, you have the three days uh, when you're doing the addendum. And so they're having that. So after three days of getting it, they choose to not, they're going to cancel because of the HOA. Mm -hmm. It can be any reason. It doesn't have to be a specific reason and they don't have to give a reason. Also with the financing, yes, you put in so many days, but then the house has to appraise. Right. And you know, and that's not as bad as it used to be because there were really no comps out there when all of this started up again to, and you were seeing a lot of that where people were having to bring a lot of money to closing to make up the difference. Yeah. And, and I'm not seeing that a lot anymore. So let's talk about HOA timelines. I think that's really important because one of the things that I've, as a common thread that I've always heard from the escrow officers is that agents aren't putting enough time for us to order their HOA docs, get them back. And um, it's an out for the, it's another out for the buyer on the contract, right? Well, so- I think, I think it's not just for us. I really think it's more for their customer. Correct. Because... It's the seller having to pay this. And yes, there is a cap on the HOA now, but there's not a cap on the rush fees and there's not a cap on the transfer fees. So you're putting in five days. Well, the difference between the contract and the HOA are different timelines. The contract goes by calendar days, but the HOA works off of working days. So if you put 10 days in the contract that the HOA documents have to be to your to the buyer. You're not. You've already marked out four days because they're going off of Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. So they're not counting weekends, people. They're not no. counting weekends. They're not. And 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 agents really need to be aware of that. And you put five days in there. Well, then what I'm seeing is then customers are calling in to us as well, being upset. Because there's another 250 or $300 on top right. of the HOA 
capped fee because there is no cap on the rush fee. Yeah, and that's what they're having to do. If you don't put enough time mm -hmm. in that blank for us mm -hmm. to get back mm -hmm. HOA docs, we're having to call your client and ask for rush fees. And most HOAs take anywhere on average from, I would say, seven to 10 days right mm -hmm. now. Business and they days. Business days. And they have yes. up to 10 days. Okay. Business days to get those I've documents. always heard you guys say 15 to 20 days is what you need to put in that con in that spot just to be safe. And agents don't, and, I, and, and it's not that the title company doesn't understand why you're doing this, because we do. Because of that three days, you're wanting to cut that timeline down as much as you can because then once they receive those documents they have three days Two, three days to do what explain three days in which to cancel to walk away and get your earnest money go. back okay yes okay? that's what i wanted to clarify right and so there so the seller's agent is trying to keep that timeline as close and as tight to the chest as possible, as they say, so then the buyer doesn't have longer or a longer period to get out of the contract. And you're already now 15, 20 days waiting on the HOA documents to get in, and then it's been off the market that long. So we understand what you're doing, but I think it's very important for the agent then to um, educate your customer that there's going to be more fees attached to this by us doing it this way because you're going to have rush fees. So what would you recommend right now in the current, current like for, I know HOA, property management companies were really behind for a while Yes, because were. there were so much, yeah. so many transactions happening, right? Where, what do you recommend right now based on how, how they're performing and turn their turnaround time that they put in the blank? You think 15 days? I Still. do. I've always thought 15 days okay. for a very long time. I don't, I mean, 15 days has been, I think, the sweet spot. I understand you, especially because I, and I do understand you're trying to write this contract. You're trying to beat out other offers. Correct. I understand all that. But well, I never understood why that was a negotiating tool because the timeline, the turnaround timeline of the HOA it's the turnaround timeline of the HOA. Right. They don't care what strategy you're exactly. trying to use right. to win an offer. They're still going to turn around docs whenever they're going to turn around right. docs. That's <laughs> so. right. And we have, and I know a lot of agents, especially the newer agents, think that the title company has some type of magic wand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't. No. We don't have no. the magic wand. You're right. They're going to get those out when they get those out. And they have a specific timeline in which they can get those out. And if you want them sooner, then you're going to pay the rush fee. And those rush fees can be, you know, anywhere from a hundred dollars to two hundred and fifty dollars oh, to get before. those. I didn't like it. You know, no. <laughs> and that's no. just added cost that on you the don't seller need. that you know they're. Well, and look, now you can take a breath, right? The market isn't what it used to, so t so I think we can negotiate in some better timelines to kind of keep our our sellers from having to pay exorbitant yeah. fees. Because right. let me tell you. I mean, some of these HOAs, you have more than one HOA, you uh -huh. have transfer fees, and those aren't cheap. Those are, no. And that's not in that cap. That right. cap for the HOA is specifically only to that resale service. The resale service, And cert, that information yeah. and those that document package that comes in with it. It has nothing to do with capping transfer fees, working capitals, any of that. And some of these HOAs go off of a percentage depending on the what subdivision. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, that's a really steep. It's a big deal. It is. It's huge. And I don't feel sorry for you. I got a PID. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I got to pay yeah. PID taxes. Yeah, you got to pay all this. Well, I think 
if the agents really want to, and I did see some agents do this, so if you're really wanting to cap that timeline of the HOAs, the three days, you can have your seller buy mm -hmm. their resale certificate and order the HOA documents in okay. advance. So I have a lot of agents that are doing this right now, and I think mm -hmm. it's super smart. So they get the listing, mm -hmm. they send in the, they have title open the contract yes. and pre-order the HOA mm -hmm. docs so that they have them ready to go. That's right. And then when they get a buyer or a buyer's agent nipping at their heels about a property, they can they can keep that tight timeline, right? That's right. Well, the minute that contract is signed and they send it to us, we turn around and send the HOA documents out that day. Yeah. Boom. Done. Now mm -hmm. you've got three days. So yeah. there's one out for the buyers that you just closed off. Well, and they're probably under option anyway. So mm -hmm. it's, you're just killing two birds with one stone right. here. That's so right. I thought that was really smart when I started hearing about some of our clients mm -hmm. calling in and I've got a listing, please open title and start ordering the HOA docs. And oh, I absolutely. I think it's going to be start becoming more and more common. Yeah. Uh, I know we've spent a little time on this topic, but I really feel like there's a lot of confusion around HOA. You know, what, what is this... What yeah. does this look like, right? Mm -hmm. And as the market shifts and the contract blanks shift, right, we need to kind of discuss and spend a little bit more time doing, you know, a little bit of education around some of these topics. So, Shannon, I was on Facebook this morning and they were talking about solar panels. I <laughs> mean, I was like, it's just... It's just it's meant, meant to be. It is. It, yeah. <laughs> Solar panels. Yeah. Solar panels are becoming such a popular topic right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. And, you know, with the high, in, with inflation, you know, it all makes sense, right? Everything's costing a lot more. I've got one client that loves his solar panels, and he loves talking about how much money he's saving. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> until he goes to sell, right? But there be there is a complication there with are. solar panels that a lot of people don't understand. So why don't you talk about solar panels as it pertains to the transfer of the property? Absolutely. So there's you really have three options, and I'll just kind of briefly go over them. Um, when you go to sell the property, the three options are um, they can stay on the house and they can get paid off at closing. The buyers can take over if they're leasing it. They can take over the lease and keep them on the house. If the buyers don't want them, then they have to come off the property. Woo think so, about the holes in, in your, your roof property. because uh -huh. they don't have to fix them when they take them off. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't know about that. I didn't even think about the holes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are these problem. liens, are they counted as a lien on the property when they fin finance these things? You can call them a lien or cloud on title, right. but one way or the other. They have it, to be taken care of. Okay, so, and I, I'm not very educated on solar, solar panels, and I'm okay with that. But our audience needs to be educated on solar panels. So when you decide to put solar panels on your house, mm -hmm. you can either outright buy the solar panels mm -hmm. Or finance the solar yes, panels. Correct. But if you choose to finance them, it becomes a lien on your house. Yes. Got it. Okay. So when you go to sell the property. It's just like any other lien. It's got to be paid uh, one okay. way or the other. Okay. Something's got to happen with that lien. It kind of like a second lien. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It can't it, to think stay of it in there. that respect. Yeah. And I wouldn't think that most people outright pay for their solar panels. That no. I have no idea what that costs. They are not cheap. They um, are not. So you're seeing mostly 
financing, which means that mm-hmm. lien has to be taken care of. So the lien or the, the financing can mm-hmm. be transferred to the new buyer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or and the, the buyer, buyer can take over that, um, that lease per se, or, you know, the lien. Okay. They can take over the those. Financing. Yeah. They can take over those payments, um, on those solar panels. But if the buyers don't want the solar panels, um, at all, um, then, you know, they've got to work out having yeah. those removed. Um, that's but what probably. a lot of people, you know, the ones that I have closed that I've seen, um, you know, the buyers and the sellers, the buyers have still wanted them yeah. and um, it just gets paid off at closing. Got it. Okay. So I think this kind of leads into some like common questions that realtors need to be asking on listing appointments to avoid hiccups during mm-hmm. the contract to close process. Right. So I think. Well, they can physically see that they're solar panels right. on the house. Right. And then they can ask, sure. did you buy them outright or did you finance them? Mm-hmm. What does this look like so that we can yeah. be prepared, right, when it comes to getting the house under contract, right? Are there Before we actually talk about the other hiccups, are there any other pieces of advice? And the answer could be no. Okay. To realtors as it pertains to solar panels on the house. I would, the only piece of advice I would say is just be really upfront about what, you know, what that lease or financing would look like to the potential buyers. Um, You know, if it's a big payment, those buyers may not be able to, you know, afford that payment along with their house payment. So, you know, cost is, you know, a factor. Just be really upfront about what the cost is, you know, what they're saving versus what they're paying. Well, and I would assume some of this has to be on the seller's disclosure, right? Which they're yes. going to get as soon as they go into a contract mm-hmm. and they're in their option period so they can terminate if they don't like the sure. payment, right? But that's never the best idea. I mean, we want the contract to close. Okay. Thank you for that, Shannon. Janet, do you want to talk about some of the other hiccup, the common questions that realtors need to be asking their sellers to avoid hiccups during the closing process? I'd love to do that. <laughs> She's excited, people. That's one of my favorite She's things. Excited. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to talk about. Okay, so, you know, you have truly, uh, it's the three Ds as I call them. It's divorce, death, and then debt. Oh, debt. I have debt. Lean, L for lean. I like the three Ds better. The three Ds, the debt. So when you're going in and doing a listing, it's really, and, I, and I've had agents because I've talked about this so much in my career, is I have a lot of agents, especially newer agents, say, oh, well, we're not comfortable asking about that. Well, you're really going to be more uncomfortable. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, you're going to be more uncomfortable when you have to go back to the seller and talk to them about either their divorce and their previous divorces, because there can be divorces. Mm -hmm. So you need to be asking in that listing appointment when you're looking at Mr. and Mrs. Seller, has anyone else lived in this property that you're not married to now? Has, have either one of you been married while you've lived in this property that that person is deceased? The minute you hear divorce or deceased, you really want to get that open 
obviously with lawyer's title, you want to get that open. So the title plant has time to pull all of the legal documents. It takes the plant longer to pull legal documents because we have to pull them out of the courthouse. Yep. So it takes a little longer. So we need to get all of that information up front. We're going to need to know how long the person's been deceased. These are things the title company can ask, but the agents are needing to find out, has there been a death? Why that person has owned that property, either one? Have they been married previously? Because in the divorce, there may be where they're paying the other, the, the ex-spouse off. Yep. And we have to have that. Well, you know, there can be situations, hmm, could be one now, where um that was subtle what was it that's a little subtle wasn't it that was a little subtle i know where now the the new husband doesn't think the title company should pay the ex-spouse off rut row yeah it's a big rut row because mr new husband you don't really have any say so on that this is a legal document uh -huh. where they divorced mm -hmm. so if you know those things up front and we get the title work open, we can start having discussions with the customers if we know in advance. Because now you, you've got a, a, maybe a quick close, and then all of a sudden you realize there's a deceased somebody. Mm -hmm. And now you've got to go back and get you know death certificates. You've got to find out if there's wills. Has it been probated? You know those kind of things can really hold up your closing. Well, and if it's all cash, these people are wanting to close in two weeks, right? Right. Oh yeah. So well, they want to, they wanted to close yesterday, but it's correct. cash. Three yeah. Days. Exactly. Three days. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. No HOA. Yeah. No. You know, you're gonna wait ten days because that's the first word out of my mouth. Is there an HOA? I don't care if it's cash or not. Is there an yeah, HOA? Yeah. yeah. So I think um, I think you brought up a really um, valid point, and you know it happens more than you think because we're dealing with another one where Mr. Current Husband doesn't think that the divorce payoff has to happen either, right? Mm -hmm. So I think um, what you said, the three Ds, people, repeat them again. Mm -hmm. Three Ds. What what are the three is, Ds they need to ask about in the listing appointment? Is divorce, death, and debt. Yep. So. You really need to ask, is there a lien on the property? Are there two liens on the property? A lot of times people don't understand what a lien is. Um, so, or, or like the solar panels. Mm -hmm. They don't think that constitutes a problem. Or a HELOC. A HELOC. A HELOC. Uh, secondly, lien Absolutely. has a bad, like, yeah. you know, yeah. you say lien everything's right. like you didn't pay your bills. But it isn't necessarily tied to that. And so... Exactly. Having a more positive conversation. And look, I don't mind if we're the bad guys, right? If we have to explain to Mr. Seller that, yes, you do have to pay off the proceeds mm -hmm. of the house to Mr. Right. And you have, X. and just like you said, you have a HELOC. That's got to be closed out. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done anything with the money. That's great. But it's still on the property. Yeah. It could be a cloud on top. So now we've got, we've got to get that paid. We've got to get a release of lien, even though there's a zero balance. It still has to be released. So, you know, look, I think the moral of the story here, the thing, the big takeaway from here is just, it, you look, I, I know that there's probably some agents that aren't comfortable asking these questions, but this is a transaction, right? Mm -hmm. A financial transaction. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so when you start to look at things that way, making sure that you have your ducks in a row with your seller before you go under contract is kind of a big deal because these things could legitimately delay closing. 
Well, I think when they do, I think they need to think like exactly what you just said. This is a business transaction. And I think what they need to understand is they're preparing their customer the best way they can so there's fewer hiccups and fewer surprises that are going to happen in the transaction. Yeah. So they're having conversations or giving us the opportunity to have those conversations, but we need to know them as soon as possible. I agree. And I, I hear I, I hear from my escrow teams all the time that they didn't tell us that they were getting a divorce. Yes. No. <laughs> or, yeah. or married. Yeah. Or married. Yeah. You know, I think that's another big thing. And I and I honestly I've had it happen to me. And um, she came into closing and she had a wedding ring on. And I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. You really need to understand what closers are looking at and uh -huh. what we're thinking. We're sitting there smiling and explaining papers, but I promise our heads are, are like 12 hamsters in there going full <laughs> speed because we're going in all kinds yeah. of different directions. And one of the things I'm looking at is a wedding yeah. band. Yeah. And I'm looking down going, hmm, single woman. Yeah. You know, well, here we go. Because I have to ask that question. They married two days before. Well, she didn't think it was a big deal that she needed to tell her agent or the title company. Mm -hmm. Ruh-roh. Uh, yeah. And I mean, and, and I'm having to hunt her new husband up to come in and sign documents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, community property is a real thing here. It so is. Yes. we have to it address is. it and we have to make sure that everybody's on board and signing what they're supposed to be signing and that people say who are they actually are who they say they are. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and we've had, we've had ghost buyers where people are mm. going under contract and they're not a real buyer, you know? Right. So yes, us, us being thorough, it's, I feel like the best way to explain it to agents is look, we are being very thorough. We have to be thorough mm -hmm. to protect everyone in the transaction right. because God forbid we sell a house to a person that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's just we've got to be thorough to protect everyone in the transaction, including the realtors. So, um, okay, so this one keeps coming up. This is a, I keep getting this one personally, so I wanted to bring it up. Okay, so contract gets executed late Friday night. It's a holiday weekend. Clients want to turn in earnest and option. And so that has happened. I, I have gotten those texts a couple of times. And, you know, look, we want to help people and work through things as much as we can. But there, you know, I feel like our hands are really tied when it comes to this. So I wanted, um, I wanted Janet or Shannon, I, which whoever wants to take it, I've got Janet on this one, to discuss the best practice here. Go ahead. Shannon. So if you execute a contract and it's a Friday, really the best thing that you can do is turn it in, get it to the title company the next day that the title company is open. So if we're open on that Monday, assuming it's not a holiday, to bring that in and give it to us on Monday, wire it to us, mobile deposit, whichever you know option you choose to do on the next business day that we are there. The only thing that won't be an option like if say Monday was a holiday, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's due on then Tuesday due because on that it's calendar Tuesday. days, yes. not business days. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that really wouldn't be an option would be the overnight FedEx overnight label, right. right? So, but we even if we were able to take that earnest and option money check, 
we can't do anything with it because the, the banks were closed because the banks right. are closed, right? Yes. And so there, you are correct. There is nothing that we can do with that money. We cannot deposit it. We cannot do anything if the banks are not open. So wiring doesn't help. Um, no, we, we can't, can't send it. out the mobile deposit option mm -hmm. because the banks are closed. Right. And so, and we have to have, and look, here's the thing that I kind of saw as a problem. You correct me if I'm wrong. If you try to do these things ahead of time, um, it may not, we don't have a, a order number. We don't have an open title right. order on we this. We have to get that contract open and have that information in order for us to receipt that money in and to be able to send those receipted pages out. And we need to securely receive the money mm -hmm. and make sure it goes where it's supposed to go. Absolutely. Into that specific open, account. Yes. Yes. So, you know, just a little heads up education, you know, whenever it comes to a holiday weekend, there's just nothing. There's just really not. There's nothing. Right. We can do. The banks are not open. And <laughs> there's nothing. Really, yeah. The best so thing to do. So it is Tuesday. It is. It's going to be Tuesday. Yeah. Whatever day, the next working day that the title company is open, we're all for getting and accepting that earnest and option money from you. And I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? And listen, you can't do it. Right. So it's okay to say we can't do anything and we need to wait until Tuesday. That's just the best practice to keep the money secure yes. in my mind. Yes. And I think that's what we need to emphasize is we want to keep money secure. Oh, absolutely. No one wants their money floating around somewhere. So before we wrap up, I want to spend a little time on my favorite topic right now, which is client service. Well, it's not right now. It's always. But, you know, during COVID, we, we just didn't really have an opportunity to service clients like we like to, Right. I think the, I talked to you guys about this last night, the worst closing experience in my mind is the parking <laughs> lot closing. You know, you're in your car and the wind's blowing and you're trying to yep. keep your skirt down and, you know, you've got all these papers to sign and it's a hundred degrees outside and you're sweating. It, like, this oh, is it a terrible experience, terrible yeah, experience. Um, and so we didn't have anything in the office. We were using mobile closers. We weren't able to client, you know, interface with our mm -hmm. clients. And, you know, I saw one this week I haven't seen in probably a year because COVID and one of them contracted COVID really oh, yes. bad and mm -hmm. they were in the hospital and all the yes. things. And so I, I loved the fact that I finally got to see them again. And so we're all already back into client service, mm -hmm. right? And as, in my mind, you two really lead the way in client service. And that's part of the reason I've wanted to align myself with you too, is it's really important that the sales rep and the escrow team see eye to eye on these things so that we can keep our clients and we keep them happy, right? So why don't, do you guys want to talk about your philosophy on how you treat your clients, what client service means to you before we wrap up today? Yeah. I think Shannon does some things different, obviously, than I do. But I think, in, in my opinion, in the years that I've done this, I love sitting down at the closing table and talking and meeting with the customers. There is so much information, so much information that I'm giving you at a closing table that you're not getting from a mobile notary. COVID's, COVID is, is where we can close in the office. To me, almost, unless they're at a distance of where, you know, they're in another state or they're, you know, in Wachahatchee or somewhere like that, that it's not feasible for them to come to the office 
um, I, I think they're missing out on a lot. It, from the minute we open that contract, me personally, I always am watching my emails. So when I see that contract come in, I immediately respond to everyone to let them know, yes, we do have the contract. Yeah. I, I've received, I, I've seen it. And then I also tell them Leah's going to be reaching out or one of my assistants will be reaching out first thing in the morning to get everything set up to put the contract in so we can start moving forward and gathering the information as well as letting you know and getting your information. I think, I think it is so, it's a circle to me. And so when the agents bring a customer, whether you're my agent that I work with all the time or not, their perception of when they walk out the door and everything that's happened to them from the minute we've made contact with them to the minute they walk out the door and taking pictures, they need to really think this was the greatest experience they've ever had because they're going to then turn around and they're going to be um, more excited about giving that agent more business and referring more business to that agent. If you're having a really bad closing, that's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. Oh, yes. It really Not does. Good. And it doesn't, and, and the, the agent is, you know, they're being hung at that point as well. So it's very important. Um, we do champagne closings. I love champagne closings. I love, I mean, we do champagne closings that? with mimosas or we do it with Absolutely. the cranberry juice and everything. It's just so much fun. We have um, specialized cookies. They're our brand cookies. They're really very good. I have to stay away from them. I really do. They I would are just, good. They They're are amazing. Because I would just stand there and eat them. So we do that. We, we, we decorate. I love decorating. So the office is always decorated. It's, it's. It's really a homey, yet it's it's a very comfortable atmosphere, I think. And we worked really hard to achieve that. Oh, and you guys are going to want to come see it at Christmas I because kinda, they I do kinda, it up. They yeah, do it up. We, we do love to do it. But I kind of lovingly refer to it as family professional. <laughs> oh, that's a good term for your office. Yes. For the office, I agree. Yeah. Family professional. It's a very warm and comfortable place to come, but it's still professional. Yes. So I agree. But well, I think closings should be a celebration. You most know, of the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yes. I mean, buyers are so excited, you know, to come in. Sellers are excited to sell and move on to that next chapter of their life. And it should be a celebration, you know, of all of the hard work that everyone has done to get to that closing table. Well, and it's also an opportunity for you guys to tee up asking for the, the, our, our client, the realtor mm -hmm. to ask, be able to ask for a referral. Right. So I love the fact that you spend time talking about how great the realtor is. Absolutely. Um, that a, to me is very important. I always deal. do it too. When I'm in a closing, that's a big deal. A I mean, to job. me it is. Yeah. Look how hard they've worked. I mean, I try to, anytime I am working with new assistants or anything like that, I always try to explain to them, this is the agent's uh, this is their check. This is what they've worked for. And they could have been working on these buyers or sellers for six, eight months. So it needs to be excitement. There's also, yes, and you're saying most times, you're going to have the divorce. You're sure. going to have the deaths. Mm -hmm. You're going to have mom's got to move out of her home yes. that she's been in for 60 years. But there's still a way to handle it 
professionally yet understanding and them leave with still, okay, this is over. So the best feeling that they can possibly leave with, you have to work through that process from the time you sit down I love at that the you closing. Said that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know, our realtor clients are really appreciate things like that. And we didn't get to do it for so long. And so now that things have normalized as far as COVID is concerned, you know, we're not really worried about that as much anymore. And we can get back to really great client service. I think that mm -hmm. you two are a really bright light when it comes to client service. And so Thank I think you. any realtor that comes to our office at Preston Plano is going to really enjoy the experience. So I want to end on that high note. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. I always good to see your faces. And I love the fact that we are working to partner again. So I am too. Thank you. Of thank course. You so much. Thank you. With you. Yeah, You're absolutely. Fabulous. So this is, we're wrapping up another episode. Thank you again for joining me today. If you like my content, you're really going to love my escrow team. And so give us an opportunity to earn your business. Reach out to me on any of my social media platforms and make it a great day. Oh, 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 oh